Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Do you enjoy hearing the tech news delivered by smart, informed people? Me too. Learn more about how you can support this show at dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, June 19th. Happy Juneteenth, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And from extremely uh, uh, tired and underslept Patrick Beja, I'm Patrick Beja. <laughs> <laughs> the baby didn't sleep well last night. We oh, no. Last night, so now that you're, you know, a few months in, how does never sleeping feel? Do you just get uh, used to it? Or usually, kinda? yes. But sometimes there's a particularly bad night and then you feel like you haven't slept. It's gotcha. terrible. A uh, man who knows that pain all too well, producer Roger Chang. Yes, it is uh, something you adjust to. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. <laughs> On Monday, the U.S. Office of Government Ethics, or the OGE, said anybody working for the executive branch of the U.S. government should disclose their cryptocurrency holdings. The OGE says cryptocurrency is property held for investment or the production of income instead of real currency or legal tender and, quote, may create a conflict of interest for employees who own it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know what's cool? Podcasts. I hear they're pretty big. Google launched a standalone podcast app for Android called Google Podcasts, which will use Google's algorithms to drive people to shows they might like based on their listening habits. Google discontinued Google Listen, another podcast app, back in 2012. But I guess podcasts are back. Yay, they're back again. Hooray. Uh, Sydney, Australia biohacker Meow Ludo Disca Gamma Meow Meow, that is his name, was convicted for <laughs> fare evasion because he embedded the RFID chip from his Opal Transit car into his hand. He appealed, and a district court judge ruled in his favor on Monday. Uh, thanks to Chris for the tip-off on this. So I'm just going to dig the RFID chip out of my Opal card for the next time I go to Australia. Just stick it right in there in my hand. Better luck next time, Disco Gamma Meow Meow. Really good name, though. But, you know, don't mm -hmm. do that. No, but, but he won. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. 
That's fine. Yay! There, there was some cheering that was supposed to happen. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Tom? I just don't want him to get an infection. Anyway, yeah, uh, the federal court of Australia says that Apple must pay $9 million Australian dollars for denying refunds to users who received that Air 53, which bricked iPhones and iPads that got repairs from third-party sellers instead of through Apple itself. Apple argued that Air 53 was a security measure to protect things like fingerprint sensors from exploits. The Australian Competition and Consumer Commission conducted an undercover operation in June 2017 where Apple employees said... Apple wasn't responsible for fixing those phones repaired by an unauthorized third party. Apple now admits that was wrong. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about what it's going to be like in your hotel soon. Well, Amazon introduced an invite-only hospitality version of its voice assistant designed for places like hotels and vacation rental spaces. Guests can order room service, request housekeeping, or adjust room control like lights and temperature using an echo inside their rooms. Amazon says hotels are not given access to voice recordings of interactions and can't review the echo's responses, and the requests are deleted from Amazon servers daily. Amazon also says that soon, quote unquote, users will be able to temporarily link their own Amazon account with Echoes so they can play their own music and their and other personal features. Marriott is Amazon's launch partner on the new platform and will integrate it at Marriott Westin Set Regis. Sorry, I don't Saint know Regis. That. Oh, it's Saint Regis, of course. And uh, Aloft Locations. I got to say, the privacy issues aside, and of course, there are potential privacy issues, this is great, uh, particularly if uh, you're, you know, because it's we're all used to sort of like, oh, look, you can charge your iPhone, but now that charger is out of date, whatever. But if there's an Echo or another kind of speaker inside my hotel room, and I can link it to some music service that I like, where I don't have to play it out of the speakers of my laptop or something, that's great. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. What's really interesting to me is that you you have a device that can maybe do those things with you. It's your smartphone. I understand it's not exactly the same thing, but it's kind of interesting that we're going from a, a, a personal device with which you do your computing to a ubiquitous kind of ambient, I think it's ambient computing, the official term. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's getting really everywhere. Uh, well, the, the two things, right? The hotel doesn't know which smartphone platform you're on. Uh, and they want to maintain a platform that ties it into the, you know, the the room room cleaning and and the room service and all of that. So uh, having it installed in the room makes sense in that in that. Of case. course, yeah, of course. It's probably the only time I use a, a a regular old phone is in a hotel, being like, "Hi, can I get breakfast?" That yeah, sort of right. thing. So as long as yeah, as long as the Echo is understanding you and they're understanding the Echo correctly, it's like that just takes out a whole step. And they're they're addressing the privacy issue right out of the gate, saying, "Look, if you don't trust Amazon, then you'll have a problem with this." But Amazon's going to manage all the data. Only aggregate data at all would be shared with the hotel just based on usage. They won't have any of your personal data. They'll delete your requests every day, and they will automatically log you off once you check out. Question is, if any of that stuff doesn't happen, then that's a problem. Tesla CEO Elon Musk, perhaps you've heard of him, sent an email to all employees on Monday that suggested there was a link from a factory fire recently to sabotage by an employee. 
This follows an email that Musk sent on Sunday to all employees alleging an employee had conducted, quote, quite extensive and damaging sabotage to the company's operations, including changing code to an internal product and exporting data to outsiders. Tesla is currently working to meet its goal of 5,000 Model 3s per week by the end of June. Obviously, that's been a challenge. Last week, the company laid off 9% of its workforce. Yeah, this is this is a weird one, isn't it? Uh, the, I read the memo, and it's in very much in the voice of Elon Musk of like, "Hey guys, you know this isn't great, but apparently uh, people don't want us to win oil companies and stuff." Uh, <laughs> I, I, on the other hand, I, I don't disbelieve him. So, I. I I I think the only reason this is getting as much attention as it is is because a it's Elon Musk and b the Model Three production problems. If if sabotage is happening, that could really undermine the Model Three production. And if Model Three production doesn't hit the targets Elon Musk has promised, stockholders are going to be very upset. How much of it is being weaponized by Elon Elon Musk to take the attention off the layoffs and maybe the issues with production of the Model Three? I mean, I'm sure it actually happened. It's an interesting right? thought, but it feels like it emphasizes the Model 3 production problems, not... Yeah, but it's not his fault. Yeah, but investors don't care. They're like, right. look, you can't keep your employees from sabotaging you. We're, <laughs> we're not going to be any happier than than if you... You know, if if you didn't hit the targets for some other way. Yeah, I know the article I read from CNBC who had gotten the email from some employees. The employee or employees involved in, in either of these incidents were not named. There might be that name might be public to some people. But yeah, I agree with you, Patrick. There's a little bit of me that's like, if you just say that somebody started a factory fire, then it's easier for you to say, we're trying really hard. Like our employees are going crazy, or maybe they're employed by a competitor. And this is all some big right. conspiracy. It creates a little bit of the, ah, uh, we, it puts them in the, uh, you know, uh, uh, challenger seat again they're like ah, oh, they don't want us to win they're fighting us dirty. i don't know if that's gonna work i, I get what you guys are saying no. i just i just don't nah, probably. uh ibm held two debates monday between professional debaters and an ibm computer program called the ibm debater uh part of project debater a lot of using of the word debater. They followed standard debate rules, meaning no awareness of the debate topic ahead of time for either the computer or the people. No pre-canned responses. Uh, each side gave a four-minute introductory speech, a four-minute rebuttal to the other's arguments, and a two-minute closing statement. So for the computer, it had to listen to the opening statement and then compose a rebuttal based on what was said. Topics were telemedicine and subsidizing space exploration. And The Verge's Dieter Bone uh, talked to the VP and lab director for IBM Research at Almaden, Jeff Welzer and discovered that Project Debater will argue against a point directly if it feels confident its argument is right, but if it's less confident, it will instead make an argument that thinks it's convincing, that it thinks is convincing, even if it doesn't address the point. Ooh, like a real human. Exactly. <laughs> IBM's system was designed to advance natural language understanding, so listening to the debate and parsing information in a decision-making contest context so it could be used in in lots of places where you need help making a decision uh could be used in identifying frauds and scams and fake news and things like that it is super interesting well first of all even if it doesn't work super well the fact that it's kind of being considered as a project that is uh acceptably coherent is mind-blowing already for someone who you know grew up in a world where we didn't have machine learning and and functioning ais or 
similarly AIs. Um, it, it, the video, though, I mean, they're not releasing, I think, I haven't found it, any footage of the debates, which I not would love. Not of these two. They, they have some short right. video of a previous one that they did, I think, and in-house. It's super short. Basically, you don't have a full argument of the mm. uh, computer, which I'm guessing means that it's not fully baked yet. Um, it was really interesting. At some point, the rebuttal was about the fact that the uh, other person was speaking really fast. So that's kind of unexpected, but we don't know how much of it is kind of canned or prepared. None of it is uh, supposed to be canned. That Not canned, but, you know, it's like they, there are a certain number of scenarios. Like if you don't know what to say, then see if that uh, I see what you're saying. I, I, that might violate the rules, that. though, of the no pre-canned responses. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think the AI figured out, hey, that person is speaking really fast, so I should say that. Like it's mm -hmm. one of the parameters. What if it did? Yeah. Well, we don't know, but there isn't a lot of – we can't see the full debate. And I'm guessing that means it's not quite satisfactory yet. But still, very Or they just uh, haven't posted it online yet because it was yesterday. <laughs> that, that could be just as, as possible, too. Uh, yeah, you know, there, there's some super technological solutions uh, on the Internet that allow you to post video live as it's being recorded. Yeah, they did days. not live stream it. That's true. On oh, to your story, Patrick. Right. I was waiting for the uh, introduction. Uh, Xiaomi has decided to delay its mainland China IPO after until after its Hong Kong, Hong Kong IPO. As a consequence, it has lowered its valuation to between uh, U.S. dollars 55 billion and 70 billion U.S. dollars. The delay appears to be caused by a dispute between Xiaomi and Chinese regulators over the value of China depository receipts. So this, you know, China has been working hard to try to get companies to issue their stock in China more often. Uh, this is not a good uh, situation for them in that respect. Uh, but it also is not good for Xiaomi because it had said $70 billion would be its floor previously, and now it's had to revise that. Um, that said, I, Patrick, you're the first person I, I know of our circle here who has been using an actual Xiaomi phone. Yeah, um, I got the Xiaomi um, Mi, how's it called? Mi uh, A1, uh, and it's a pretty cheap phone. It's under 200 euros here in uh, Europe. Uh, Xiaomi just launched in France a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago. And um, it's under 200 euros. You can even find it for 150. Uh, and honestly, I am kind of amazed by the quality of this phone. It's, you think less than 200, it's probably 200 bucks in the US, less than 200, that's going to be a pretty crappy experience. Uh, of course, the, the uh, camera is not top notch. The screen is not super oled or anything like that but the screen is good the camera is decent it has a um a, a fingerprint reader uh it's pretty it's not super fast but it runs every app i've thrown at it pretty well honestly i would never ever have guessed that for this price you could get a phone that good that quality uh, i'm completely amazed by this and now you understand the Xiaomi success, I guess. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think that's absolutely. been the experience. People are like, oh, I only have this much money. I guess I'll get this one. Wait a minute. This is almost as good as the much more expensive phones. Yeah. Well, I, I would expect I would expect that kind of experience from a phone that's at least two, maybe three times that price. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. I'm glad you're amazed, Patrick, because I have another amazing story for you. <laughs> Scientists published a paper in Nature Biomedical Engineering describing a trial at Oxford's John Radcliffe Hospital of robotic-assisted eye surgery. A Dutch firm's uh, robot named Precise, kind of like eyes, E-Y-E-S, but precise, I don't know, conducted a procedure to remove a membrane from the back of an eye. The robo-surgery took four minutes and 55 seconds. Now that's compared to the one minute and 20 seconds that a human can conduct. However, the robot had, quote, equal or better efficacy. Also not really very far behind. Next step is to use the robot for precise and minimally traumatic delivery of gene therapy to the retina sometime in 2019. Yeah, so I, I think if, if I'm reading this Oxford uh, release right, the scientists are saying this was the first step in proving that precise uh, can work. <laughs> uh, they, they took 12... Uh, people who needed this eye surgery, and they randomly assigned six of them to a manual procedure and six of them to the robotic procedure, and there was essentially no difference. One did take a little longer uh, than the other, like you said. But what they want to do is prove that that's okay so that they can then go on to these more complicated surgeries where I think they expect there to be more benefit in using the robotic surgery assistance uh, than than not. Right, and clearly... Well, the idea is that there's more disparity in precision to the point where robots are just better at this. And you yeah. hear this in lots of, I mean, the eye surgery stuff is just mind blowing to me, but MRIs, reading MRIs, it's like, we're starting to get to a yeah, point where yeah. more and more doctors are saying, you know, you know we could also yeah. like do other things. The robots are actually helping a lot. And as you mentioned, it's not like autonomous robot. It doesn't go in and do the surgery by itself. It's basically an arm that is controlled by the doctor who uh, does movements a little bit wider that are reduced by the robot with the needle inside the eye. This is kind of grossing me out. But uh, it, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, yeah. 
it's assisting. So it's a lot more precise. So that the and, doctor uh, says go here, and then the robot does it precisely where it's supposed to be. Exactly, yeah. and and clearly the the big you know uh, piece of this news that is uh, to be discussed is the name, but sadly we have run out of time. But precise is very clever. <laughs> we are precisely out of time. Because hey, if you want to eyes, sorry. If you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to Daily Tech Headlines at DailyTechHeadlines.com. So uh, we mentioned at the end of the yesterday show, because we had a Canadian listener wrote in very excited about YouTube Premium, that Patrick Beja seemed to be very excited about YouTube Premium. Uh, YouTube Premium is the new name for YouTube Red which gives you the original programming from YouTube. It gives you ad-free experience on YouTube, and it gives you YouTube Music. The big part of this launch is, of course, YouTube Music, which now has a free version with ads in the YouTube Music app. YouTube Music Premium, which is, if you're new, the same price as YouTube Red, but only gives you the music uh, features. And then YouTube Premium, without the word music, will cost you a couple dollars more, unless you're already a YouTube Red subscriber, which you could only be if you're in the United States. Anyway, uh, I think maybe the fact that we've had YouTube Red for a while, and for us, it was just sort of a price increase. (laughs) Even though YouTube Red subscribers are grandfathered in without having to pay the increased price, we weren't as excited as you were, Patrick. What, What got you so excited about this? Well, I mean... There's a number of things. First of all, the possibility of actually paying to get rid of ads on YouTube is very enticing to me. And I think many people uh, outside the US, um, I use YouTube a lot and ads have become... I get a minimum of one ad per video. Mm. Uh, sometimes it, it, the video interrupts as well because I watch long form very often. So the idea that I can get rid of them, I don't really want to use uh, ad blockers for personal philosophical reasons. Um, and and this is a, a kind of not life-saving, but it's really exciting. The other thing is that YouTube music used to be kind of a weird idea because the way we thought about it first of all there were already competing music services on google and and youtube was used for music but how would you do it with video and i mean it was just a a strange concept but this new service isn't just you know youtube red was kind of pricey if it was just to get rid of ads but if you throw in a music subscription service which is pretty decent and the way they've solved the issue is giving you an app that is separate and that works just like any other music streaming app but also includes video um it means that the YouTube premium part of that uh, subscription, if you are willing to go with their music service, is only a couple of of bucks. Um, So all in all, it becomes a package that is a little bit difficult to say no to, I think. That that definitely explains the difference because YouTube Red, which was US only, gave you all those things you just said you like. Uh, It gave you YouTube music. It gave you Google Play music. It gave you ad free. It gave you YouTube Red originals. Uh, So that was $10 a month. Or if you are already a Google Play Music subscriber, it just, you got it because you were a Google Play Music subscriber. So where we're sitting is now there's this thing that's $10 a month that's only the music part of that. Uh, and they're going to get rid of Google Play Music eventually and just roll it into YouTube Music. So it almost feels like they're taking something away. And the old YouTube Premium 
The old YouTube Red is now called YouTube Premium and is $12 a month in the U.S., but it does all those things you're talking about. Background listening for video, no ads on any video, the YouTube originals like the the you know, the Karate Kid, uh, the Cobra Kai series. So it's it, it's a classic example of if you didn't have it, this <laughs> looks great. And it's not confusing. Yeah. You're like, hey, there's a new product. It's free with ads or it's music for this price or it's music and videos uh, for this price. Whereas we're like, hold on, this is confusing. So what happens to my YouTube Red and my Google Play Music? It's so funny. And this kind of explains why they held off so Maybe, long yeah. uh, to bringing it out to outside the U.S. Um, and because they were trying to solve that issue of how to do the music thing on YouTube right. And uh, I don't know if you've used the YouTube music uh, app, but honestly, it's it's pretty good. It, it is almost divorced from YouTube. It's kind of a separate yeah. It's music a music streaming app. app. Yeah, it yeah, just happens exactly. to do video really well, which makes sense. But it's a music yeah. app. Again, I don't use it because I am a Google Play Music subscriber and all my playlists <laughs> and things haven't yet migrated over. Once they do, though, I definitely want to use that YouTube music app because it's nicer. Well, I think the other interesting thing is that it, it, YouTube is extremely popular, obviously. Um and I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, but I'm good with, I'm on Spotify. It's better because I have my playlist, blah, blah, blah. But if you're a YouTube user and you enjoy music, this offering with the premium version is kind of better than every other offering out there. I mean, some titles might be available somewhere and not somewhere else, sure. but um, paying 10 bucks somewhere else or 12 bucks and having no ads on YouTube on top of your very uh, good music service seems like a significant competitive advantage for, for YouTube. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. The story was all over subreddit the last couple of weeks. Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Patrick, we were also excited that you were on the show today because last Thursday we explained the link tax and upload filters that are being considered in the EU. Now, June 20th, the EU Parliament's Legal Affairs Committee will vote on both. They're known as Articles 11 and 13 of the Copyright Directive. We talked about it on Thursday, but you would actually be affected directly. Thoughts? <sighs> this is the audio representation of a facepalm. Um <laughs> I mean, you know, GDPR was considered with a lot of um, uh, uh, suspicion from outside the EU. And I think recent events have shown that sometimes government action is warranted and necessary, even though, yes, it creates all of those annoying banners everywhere. Privacy is important. <laughs> this might be an example of uh, uh, when government action is not only not warranted, but also maybe misguided. Um, as you've explained on, on the show, um, these decisions seem to be catered, not only catered to preserve the interests of a very specific group, but also um, to be ill-advised as policies because they don't seem to be able to achieve what they're setting out to achieve and they're going to have some pretty potentially pretty nasty side effects uh, so 
my reaction as a European is absolutely different from the one I had for GDPR, where, where I was kind of maybe not cheerleading, but at least thinking, yeah, this might be necessary. A lot of people in Europe are very concerned uh, about all of this, and uh, it might already be too late. So there's a lot of face palming. Yeah, that's a uh, it's I, I, that's consistent with most of the reactions that I've seen out there. Uh, and folks, if you want to know a little bit more about this issue, especially before the vote tomorrow, go back and listen to Thursday's show. Uh, that was from June fourteenth with Justin Robert Young, episode thirty three oh four. Let's check the mailbags here. Let's. We'll keep the international theme going, at least for those of us in the U.S. Will from Sydney says, want to shed some light on the confusion around the Amazon Prime and discontinuation of the international store for Australians. This was on our show yesterday. Uh, 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 Will links us to uh, the global store on Amazon. He says, Amazon introduced what they call the global store that calculates the import duties for you, taxes, how many feeds you need to pay on your order, and then handles custom clearance on your behalf. And of course, if you're a Prime member, you get free shipping. I think the discontinuation of the American store was overblown. The global store didn't really get the attention that Will thinks it deserved. Will says, overall, it's a smart move by Amazon to unify the Australian shopping experience. It filters out items that can't be shipped anyway, and they take care of the sales tax. Also appears they're showing U.S. products in Australian dollars, although I'm not sure if that includes tax or not. Will says, I joined Prime, but I don't think I'll be ordering from the American store with our current exchange rate. Will also met Tom when Tom was in Sydney at the yeah, meetup. Yeah, that was nice. Thanks for coming out to uh, to the meetups, uh, Will. And yeah. thank you for explaining this. Um, it it sheds light on it uh, in a way that now I understand, which was Amazon wanted to sound like it was mad because it was mad about the fact that the the GST was going to be applied to items under $1,000 because it was targeted in a lot of ways at Amazon uh, as being one of the, the big beneficiaries of the fact that you didn't have to pay the GST on imports under $1,000. Uh, but what they really did was say, okay, well, we can't just let people go to Amazon.com anymore because that's a nightmare for the tax collection. So let's route the store through the Australian store and to avoid having even more tax issues or people getting very upset, uh, we'll make access to that really attractive under Amazon Prime when we launch that because then you get the free international shipping and that kind of helps make up for the you know the the trouble of of all of that. So so this this all becomes clear now. Thank you, Will. And we got really thoughtful responses. So also special thanks to Nick and Murray wrote in with really good info on this topic as well. So keep it coming. Love the feedback and a lot of context. Yeah, this is great when we get the clarification from the people on the ground who actually, you know, have to deal with this and know what they're talking about. Speaking of being on the ground, actually, I don't know. Maybe you're in the clouds. Patrick Beja, thanks for being with us today. <laughs> I am uh, in some sort of haze uh, of tiredness. Does that count as a cloud? Sure. I, I think that's a fog, if you will. You're there in a you fog. Uh, what's going on with you besides little sleep deprivation, but where can people keep up with what you're pushing through anyway? Uh, you know what? Just check out uh, Pixels, which is a gaming show. And uh, the latest episode is a wrap up of E3, where we discussed everything that was announced, shown uh, our analysis, sentiment, all of that with our good friend Scott Johnson. Just 
search for pixels on your podcast app and you'll find it. It's the one time of the year where you do want to listen to a gaming show, even if you're not a gamer. It's the best time for all of us gamers. Excellent. Hey, thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. Uh, it is the main way we fund the show. And if you're a patron, you get the show not only commercial free, but with extra content through the RSS feed in the Patreon. Uh, so thank you to everybody who supports us. If you didn't realize that in your Patreon, go check that out. Uh, and if you'd like to have that extra content, go to patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We read them all. Keep them coming. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. If you can join us, excellent. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. Bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.